0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Wednesday, July 31st, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 44, that third paragraph, one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Leon B., Ginger C., Janice B., Tenzin P., And our newcomer greeter, Jason Kay and our host for the second hour, Nadia B. OA preamble. Oh, I'm sorry. Yesterday's um, codes are for the 7 a.m. Eastern meeting for Tuesday, July 30th, 7 a.m. is 13,215. That's 13215. And for the 10 a.m., Eastern Time Tuesday, July 30th, meeting is 13,217. That's 13217. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. for Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Tenzin. Good morning, everyone. Um, Tenzin P. checking
1: in from New York City. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a good day.
0: Thank you, Tenzin P. I will now ask for Janice V. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Janice.
2: Thank you. Good morning, visionaries. Um, Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may carry service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be brought into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Janice, so much.
0: Okay, how our meeting works? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone should, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on the chapter of We Agnostics on page 44 and that third paragraph. And I'm going to ask Leon B to get us started. Go ahead, Leon.
3: Leon, press star one to unmute, please.
0: Leon, we can't hear you.
4: Good morning. Leon. be here?
0: There you are. Yes, please go okay. ahead.
4: These new earphones, like a third pair. Anyway, good morning. My name is Leon B. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. But it isn't so difficult. About half our original fellowship were of exactly that type. At first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. Perhaps it is going to be that way with you, but cheer up something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted. Um, the part that I wanted to focus on was the spiritual basis. Um, and he's saying that we must that we must live, we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. Um, and I thought that um, I was living on a spiritual basis. You know, I was the, the guy full of faith full of faith, but still reeking of, of these Oreos. You know, I had—I was a man of religion, I thought. I prayed. I attended my place of worship several times a week. I read um, the sacred text of my belief. You know, I thought about God a lot. Um, and later on, I realized thinking about him is not the same thing as actually um, living out a life on a spiritual basis. Um I even cried out for for help multiple times uh, trying to to get a relief of this obsession um but deep down inside you know I knew that there was a deeper place that I had to go um I mean I I had no clue how to how to get to this this deeper place and and somehow I knew I had to to get to God and and I had no clue that these steps would be my new basis of my spiritual life. That didn't. My, the, these steps would be the the underlying support. These steps would be this foundation to to un unblock me from God. Um, I didn't know that. Um, I thought that I was humble and and I thought that I had love of man and 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 I really did not even understand the love of man until. I gave myself to this to this process, and and it wasn't until I was open enough to clean house. Look, I had no clue that a lot of my childhood hurts and a lot of things I had gone through, even as a young adult, that I had put so much space in between me and a higher power, between me and God, by the people I had hurt, and and I had no clue that getting that out in black and white. And, and telling someone else about it and then genuinely asking this higher power, my God, to to take these things away would be a part of this spiritual basis that would unblock me. And then to further sit down with those people that I have hurt and to confess what I had done and ask their forgiveness and, and how freeing that would be and how even closer that would put me. To a power greater than myself, and and then now to continue to live on a day-to-day spiritual basis of grounding myself with a, a, a morning conversation and morning contact with God, with the day-to-day pause to make contact with God, with the nighttime review, which I don't always do so well, to go over my day and to reach out to the love of other people that are that are going through the same struggles that I'm going through and I'm into this fellowship has been such a spiritual basis being able to reach out and so we must in order for us to live, you know, or the or else, you know, and we all know what the or else would be. We we follow these principles. We we find a way to to get the willingness. We we pray for willingness, we move forward and we put things into into action. Um, and that, that's been the spiritual basis for me. And that's all I have to share on that. And have a great morning.
0: Thank you, Leon. Okay, we're now going to open up for shares. If you haven't shared in a couple of days, we certainly would love to hear from you first. So go ahead and chime in with your name and the initial person. Uh, Katie last name. G.
5: from Boston. All
0: right, Katie. This is Larry K. Larry. Ginger C,
1: Barbara E,
0: Ginger Ginger Barbara. Okay. Did you
6: take
7: Mary a few more? Anne.
8: Mary N. Mary V.
0: Mary like V. Okay. Janice P M. Janice Tara W. And Sarah W. All right. This sounds like an awesome. Oh, Tara, did you say?
2: Yes, Tara, Yeah, With, with a T. Yep.
0: As in Tom. Okay, got it. We have got an awesome lineup here. Katie G., Larry K., Ginger C., Barbara E., Marianne D., I think I got that, Janice P., M., and Sarah, v, Sarah W., I'm sorry, Tara, Tara W. All right, Katie D., followed by Larry. You're up, Katie.
5: Good morning, Amy. KDG, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. Yeah, I mean, how many how, how many times have I hoped against hope I am not a true compulsive overeater in the rooms of OA, right? So um, we're all welcome here. But how many times have I said, you know what, I have all these yellow light foods, I can eat them. How many times have I said, I don't really have the physical allergy, but you know, 12-step is good for everyone, so I'm here. How many times have I said, you know what, I can I can handle this. I can handle the exercise bulimia. I can handle it. Y'all need this, but I don't. Hoping against hope, it's going to work, right? How many times have I not completed my amends and, and and wondered or sat on this line and thought that sitting on this line is going to get me recovered, right? And it's not like... If I'm a real compulsive overeater, you know, if I don't find the spiritual way of life, like, that's all right. Cool. Peace out, man. It says or else, which for me is a death threat, right? Like, I know a lot of people feel like this disease isn't going to kill them fast, but I'm a bulimic. (laughs) This disease will kill me immediately. If I if I go back to the bulimia, so so this is a fast death, and and um you know the other thing that I think is so funny is it gives it gives a death threat, and then it says hey but cheer up, and I I love that that it, it um it helps me to identify in, and you know one of my recovered heroes talks about an agnostic for someone who's been in the rooms for a while is someone who says there's a god talks about God. And then acts like they're God, right? And I need to ask myself, like, am I still hoping against hope? I'm not a compulsive overeater. Am I still listening of where I, where I don't identify in? Am I still rationalizing, justifying, and defending my right to eat certain foods, but working on step five? Those certain foods, those are step one issues right? And as a recovered woman today, where am I agnostic? And I'm like, am I like, hey, God, you know what, dude, you got my food. You even got my exercise bulimia, the anorexia, the thin body, like whatever, dude, you got it. But this whole medical stuff, God, I'm playing God. I'm doing it. And whatever's happening in my life, I know it's either everything or nothing, but I'm managing pretty well, the purpose of step one is to remember that I am powerless over food and that's never going to change. And my life has become unmanageable not as the result of the eating and anorexia and bulimia, but because I cannot be a manager anymore. And if I continue as an agnostic and a, as a manager I or else, I'm going to die a spiritual death. It's just going to happen. So I just, just want to wrap up with this. I'm so grateful that I have an entire absence, that I continue to work the steps each and every day, and I continue to ask myself, where am I needing to grow today, God? Show me, help me. And I'm praying that we do this another day together, shoulder to shoulder with other paths.
0: Thank you, Katie G. Larry K., you're up, followed by
2: Ginger C. Yes. Go ahead, Larry.
9: Hey, Amy, good morning. Thanks for your service, appreciate that. Um, you know, when I was thinking uh, as we're reading about this spiritual awakening. I mean, this is about step two. You know, when I when I came to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous for the very first time, I was um, I was about 100 pounds heavier than I am today, and uh, I was um, I looked pretty good on paper. I think, you know, I had a roof over my head. I was able to drive to the meeting. I had a car, and um, a lot of broken relationships. Very few close friendships. I knew a lot of people, but um, a lot of it was on surface. I, I hid. Uh, we wear masks. And then when when we come to the rooms, you know, I, I saw a phenomena or I saw a dynamic that looked like group therapy, and I, I saw the value in that. And then when I was confronted at some point with the notion from very few people, quite frankly, but with the notion that we must have a spiritual awakening um, in order to overcome this this disease, which this disease of compulsive overeating, I really kind of looked at it like, yeah, well, okay, maybe. Uh, my perceptive lens showed me that I was able to lose weight by using some various techniques of exercise, restricting diets, and support would be a beautiful thing when you're doing that. That's the only way that I'm going to be able to to hang on. And of course, the one thing about all those things is they always ended. The exercise plan always ended, the diet always ended. So we're confronted that we must have a spiritual awakening if we have this thing. And I I was sure I was pretty well convinced that I had this thing. And I began to lose some weight. I got some pot. You get some positive feedback. And, um, but I knew that I really wasn't changing all that much. So I hadn't worked the steps. And I wasn't convinced, quite frankly. The spiritual disease I know now was still dominating my thinking, um, was still very focused on self. After all, I came there to get something for me so that I can feel better, so that I can, can continue to go on and pursue what I wanted. I didn't understand the selfishness. It was a very narrow concept for me. It's a much broader concept today. If we work these steps and we build a a proper foundation of understanding and we change, everything had to change about me. I had to be internally restructured and the steps would be able to do that if I had the proper foundation. They would not do that if I did not have the proper foundation of understanding. Um, But thank God, Eventually, eventually it did, and I began to change, and I still am changing, still am changing. But I have not found it necessary to pick up any of my my binge foods in many years, thankfully. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy.
0: Thank you, Larry. Okay, Ginger C. followed by Barbara E. Go ahead, Ginger.
3: Good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for your service. This is Ginger C., recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. And I just love this very first sentence, but it isn't so difficult. And why isn't it so difficult? Well, I'm done. The food's to a place where it's life and death. And what choice do I have? So again, I have to lay aside this prejudice. And as soon as I'm willing to do that and believe that there's something out there that's greater than me, that's all we're saying. As long as it's not you, Jen, you're good to go. Then we commence get results isn't that what we're after each and every day is to get results most importantly please god keep me out of this lie that food is my friend but again thank god for these bites this research that all of us had to take to get to this point where are you done are you out of ideas are you willing to go to any lengths and try something new Because as addicts, we do lack power, and the only defense that we have is that power between me and whatever addiction's out to get me. And I love how someone shared a second ago, you know, where am I agnostic today? Why am I not trusting and not only believing but relying? Because this program is 100% reliance. I can't give God 90 and hold on to 10. I'm still committing suicide. Why am I not trusting completely in this source, this source that's kept me out of food for three and a half years? I could hardly get minutes out of the food. I'd wake up determined. I'm not going to eat today. I'm done. And within minutes, I was back at Starbucks in the drive-thru doing my breakfast. Cake pops and a frappuccino caramel loaded with whipped cream. And today I'm free. So where am I agnostic? Why am I not trusting? And yesterday after leaving work, I was just really work's been hard and heavy, and I just wanted to start calling some people. And ten steps are great, but sometimes I just have to be uncomfortable and remember my source, God. And I didn't call anybody, and I dug deep within, because that's where really this great reliance and this support comes, and the answers are there. But I gotta seek and I gotta remain to
0: pray. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Barbara E., followed by uh, Mary, A.V. So, Barbara E., you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning. I'm trying
10: to set my timer. Not a, a hard, a difficult thing for someone like me. Uh, this is Barbara E. Thank you so much for your service. Wow. The first part of this chapter poses the fundamental dilemma facing me and perhaps you. I simply had no knowledge of God or higher power or why I even needed one in order to recover from my insane desire to kill myself with food. As I say this this morning, I recognize the disordered mental state I was in. Because I could not recover on my own, it seemed I was doomed, unless somehow I could find a power greater than myself. That was a tall order for a basically agnostic, cultural Jew like me. Only a compulsive overeater like me would think I was given a choice and hesitate. One road, the one of choice, was not an easy one. It was filled with hard work, and disclosing my deepest, darkest secrets to another, finding the courage to sing my part in it, and making amends to people I still felt had wronged me. The other choice was death, and I had no doubt this disease was killing me slowly but surely. And then there was this God issue. In spite of all my self-knowledge, I still thought I did not, require a formless being to save me. But my sponsor told me that God I didn't believe in loved me just the way I was and loved me too much to let me stay that way and I should just be patient and wait for the miracle because it was possible. It took me quite a while to truly trust that I did have a higher power if I was willing to listen. Actually, it wasn't until I got to steps eight and nine that I did feel that there was a higher power out there saying, I got you, girl. I was there all along. And now I find myself saying to God, how can I best serve thee? All we have to do is follow the yellow brick road together to find that recovery is available to all of us all the time. The courage, the heart, the wisdom to know the only people we can really change is us. And like Dorothy, who had the power within her, and the tin man desiring a heart, and the cowardly lion wishing for courage, and the scarecrow wishing for a brain, we have all those qualities deep within us, and our higher power can lead us down the yellow brick road together. Oh, thank you so much. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Mary Ann D., did I get that right? You're up. Uh, yes, by... yes.
7: Mary Ann V., yes. Got it. Hi, this is Excellent. Mary Ann V., Go recovered ahead. food addict and compulsive overeater <clears throat> from beautiful southern Adirondacks in upstate New York. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this recovery um, program and um, a vision for you uh, aficionado. I um, love this paragraph because it has the word must in it. And I was thinking about it as I you know, was preparing to share that. I always circle the word must wherever I see it in the big book or in any of my readings that I do for, you know, related to recovery. Uh, But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. And, you know, evaluating what I do with the word must, I realized that although I circle the word must and then I stop and, you know, briefly focus on whatever sentence has the word in it, I'm not spending enough time just... Staying with that and really thinking about what that sentence says to me. I just move on to the next thing because I do a lot of daily readings compulsively, I have to admit. um, And I do too many of them, so they jumble in my head. So I realized as I thought about this that I really need to do that. I need to, when I circle the word must, whatever else it says in the sentence, really think about it. Why does it say must? It's not a suggestion. We must. We must live on a spiritual basis, and that's what attracted me to the vision for you OA phone meetings, is people were really living on a spiritual basis, from what I can hear anyway, I mean, all I hear is what you're saying, I don't live with you, and you don't live with me, so you don't know how I'm really living, but it sounds like you're living the steps, and you're living a spiritual way of life, so uh, that's what I would like to do, is live more spiritually, and uh, so... That's why I'm on this phone line, and I um, am so grateful that everyone is here and sharing their, their recovery. So, thanks. This is Mary Ann V from upstate New York.
5: Thank you,
1: Mary Ann. Okay, Janice TM, yeah, you're up. Good morning to you, Amy, G, and everyone. Thank you for your service, Miss Amy. Okay. Um, this is step two, okay? We've just, you know, step one, we hopefully accepted our powerlessness because that was the problem. So if that's the problem, what's going to be our, my solution? Well, of course, I thought my solution would be me. I'm going to just work harder. I'm going to exhaust all kinds of methods to learn how to eat properly because this was my mindset coming in. And um, I did. I tried all kinds of things. My husband could get me diet pills, et cetera. Nothing worked. Therefore, I I was desperate. I was in despair. I came to believe uh, at, at that moment not, not in a God, but it mostly in a, because I, I, I did believe in God, but that wasn't working um, at the time. And uh, I came to believe that I cannot do this anymore. I can't rely on my intellect. I can't rely on how much I know, how much money I have to buy it, because it's not for sale. So I'm going to just read the second step, because a lot of us, including myself, said when I came to here after the first step, I'd say, well, I have a God in my life, so I'm all set. Well, I wasn't all set. I believed in the God, you know, of my old understanding. I had to change my ideas. I had to be willing. This is what the, this is what the second step says. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could Restore us to sanity. This doesn't say you have to believe in a God. It doesn't say, come you, at this step, you're going to come to believe in a God. No, you're going to, you came to, because this is written, you know, in the past. This, they're given, the writers have given us their experience, came to believe that a power. Well, hmm, that a power. Didn't say in a power, it said that a power. Didn't say a God that a power, whatever you want it to be, as long as it's not you, you know, and it's higher than you. And that's what I saw. Greater than ourselves could, could, that power, whatever it is, whoever it is, we don't have to don't we don't have to emphasize who or what this power is, but on what this power can do for us. And restore me, that means bring me back to. Better thinking, that mental obsession, that insanity that I always had. Well, if I eat this now, then I don't have to eat, you know, my, my supper. You know, those crazy things. Standing up doesn't count. But you see, my ideas were didn't work. And I was prejudiced against your idea because, I mean, I didn't know about it. I didn't experience it. So it's very important that we know that we don't have to believe at this second step as long as we can be willing to, as long as you haven't, you're not the God anymore. And I used to hate that. I don't play God. Well, of course I did. I didn't rely on anybody else but me and my intellect. I was the God. So here it is. This is telling us that there is a solution. So don't be worried. Don't be troubled by discontent disc, I haven't even got the word here. Disconcerned. Um that don't be worried about, you know, what's going to happen. Just keep going, keep going. Um Because we will, I did find a power as I made the decision to embark on these 12 steps. So you don't have to worry at this stage of the game that, Oh, I don't believe because like I believe, but then I did, then I let it go um, because I thought so much of myself.
0: And with that, I um, will pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janet. Okay, Sarah W., you are up. Hi, yes, this is Tara W. from New York.
11: Um, I I love this chapter, and I got to tell you, I did not like this chapter for many years. Uh, I've been in and out of this program for 18 years, and um, where it talks about But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else um, I gotta say it was only in the last year that I realized that, uh, that I had to live by that spiritual basis. And, uh, I was resentful at the rooms, uh, because the word God was used. Um, I was angry at whatever God was out there. And, uh, and so I had to try and find my own solution. You know, I thought that, uh, I thought that yoga was going to be the answer. I thought that Ayurvedic medicine was going to be the answer. I went to uh India and, uh, stayed at a resort was eating vegan. And I, I, I thought that, uh, and then when I came into, you know, came back into the rooms, I was like, well, I just need the right sponsor. That sponsor is going to be my higher power, you know? Oh no, I just need the right food plan. That's going to be the right, you know, that's going to be my higher power, you know? Um, oh no, I just need to call 30 people and that's going to be my higher power. And, uh, And not that those things aren't good, but I became suicidal in the rooms. And it was pointed out to me in the big book where it said, you know, I hit this wall where it was like I couldn't live with food and I couldn't live without it. And um, I finally just broke down and surrendered and became hopeless. And. I got clarity that I was still using food. I was still hoping that this time that the food was going to give me comfort. I was hoping that this time that it was going to do that. And when somebody had asked me to get down on my knees and pray to something that I didn't believe in, or that I didn't believe that wanted anything to do with me, or when someone asked me to just you know ask him to reveal himself to you, I was at a point where I had nothing left to lose. I had tried all of my solutions, and they weren't working. And that's when I finally gave up and said, all right, whatever, whatever power that this is, that's working in other people's lives, I surrender. I have nothing left to lose. And it was only that little bit of willingness, you know, um, I believe it says it in the, in the big book that that little bit of mustard seed, that little bit of willingness to just crack that door open just a little bit to believe that there is some, some power out there, whatever you call that power. Um, it exists because I, my heart started to change. My life started to change. And I, I, I start, I started seeking that power like every day because something I knew that wasn't coming from me because I had tried everything myself and it didn't work. Something in just those little actions, just that little bit of willingness started to change. And, uh, you know, my life is getting better and better because of it. And uh, I'm, for that, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for this meeting and everyone's service. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Sarah. Okay, just a friendly reminder, we are on page 44 on the third paragraph, starting with, but it isn't so difficult, focusing on that paragraph only. Who else would like to share? Leah S. Cynthia C. Jen A. Leah S. Jen A. Cynthia C. Leah M. Cynthia C Leia M. Who else? Tenzin P. Tenzin P. Take maybe one or two more. Or not. All right. Another great group. Leah C, Jen A, Cynthia C, Leah M, and Tenzin P. Go ahead, Leah C. You're up.
12: Hi, my name is Leah S and I'm very gratefully recovered (laughs) in upstate New York now. Uh, But the paragraph begins, but it isn't so difficult. What is not so difficult? I have been eating nonstop at this meal. And forget about this meal. I have been eating nonstop all day today. I have been... I have been and I have been, and that means I am acknowledging. I am facing this fact. It's not so difficult. As long as I face it, I am allergic to certain types of foods. There is something that is really unmanageable about my life, because I am resorting to food, and I need I needed to put on a different set of lenses. If I am short-sighted or near-sighted, a very simple example, and I need to cross the street and I'm just going to go on a different lane because I think the headlights were in a different lane, I'm going to get myself into an accident. It's very simple. I'm facing it. I need those eyeglasses to help me see clearer. I need those eyeglasses to understand how I can live my life without overeating, with getting that tranquility and peacefulness within me, with getting that higher power to reside and to know that that things will just work out and to get that faith. I never knew what it meant because I always was too busy with the either the, the worry about getting more food or the worry about getting it all out of me and off of me and getting that figure. And thank you for letting me share. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Leah S. Okay, Jen A., you are up. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Jen A.,
6: Recovered in Colorado. And um, at first, I tried to avoid the issue. You know, I was hoping against hope that I was not a true compulsive overeater, right? Hope is a desire. It's a wish, right? I wish I may, I wish I might not be a compulsive overeater my whole life. And what were the facts? It says here, but after a while, I have to face the fact that I must, 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 89 times it says in this big book, it's a declarative, I must find a spiritual basis of life. Or what? Or else. It's kind of like that threat my mom used to make when I was a kid Jennifer Marie, you do this, or else, right? So this book is telling me that same thing, or else. What do I have to do? Find a spiritual way of life. So I can't continue to wave a magic wand. What I have to do is consider something else. I have to consider what the food was my solution to my problem. Wrong. I had to consider what I have was a spiritual malady. It's a disease, right? And I need something bigger than me to get rid of that spiritual malady. That spiritual malady is a sickness with no cure. And the only thing that's going to drive it out is what? The 12 steps and the spiritual awakening. That's what's going to drive it out. That's what's going to drive the obsession out. And little did I know that when I did these things, I found out that this is a spiritual program. Right? It's a spiritual way of life. I can't avoid the God issue at all. Not at all. In fact, I have journals and journals and journals asking and praying and wanting, wanting, wanting from God and expecting things. Guess what? That hope is available to anyone who decides to do this work and take action. I know that for a fact because today, on a regular basis, that's what I experience. I experience. Promises being fulfilled in my life on a daily basis. Sometimes hour by hour, God shows up and does amazing things for me. And guess what? The food isn't calling to me. I'm not standing over an American standard toilet. I'm not in the gym five days a week. None of it. How did that happen? The only thing I can say is that God drove it out. Higher power, spirit of the universe, call it what you may. All I have to do is believe. This is a girl who would consider believing for the first time in her life that maybe God wasn't everything that I thought he was. And I had to just lay it all down for a new idea of what God may be. So I didn't create anything in my head. I just let go and I let God create himself in my life. That's what he wanted from me. How easy was that? So I'm really thankful for this text this morning. And, um, you know, it says here at the last line, and it's a promise to me, that the experience of others is what shows me that I don't need to be disconcerted, right? I don't have to be worried about this thing. You all showed me that I could
0: have what you have. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jen A. Cynthia C., you're up, followed by Leah M. Please go ahead.
13: I'm um, sorry, this is Cynthia C. Did you call on me? I, was under that. I sure did. Thank you. Um, thank you so much moderator for your service. Thank you everybody for making this meeting happen today and every day. I I don't feel like I have the words to describe just my real gratitude. Like I want to I like tears want to come to my eyes today um in thinking about how grateful I am that I got to wake up this morning and and I got to wake up and we are we have a lot of uh I got to wake up period but have a lot of huge things going on, huge huge changes going on in our lives. Um, found out that a very close family member has a very serious form of cancer. A lot of um, major changes going on at work. And in the past, when I was in the food, I would be in the drama, um, and I would be stuck in the fear, and I wouldn't be able to change, and I would feel resentful towards everybody and everything, and feel like everything was unfair and And I would have just made everybody around me miserable. And I would have made all of these things that are happening, I would have made it all about me. And I'm grateful today that I got to get up and I didn't sleep well last night. I'm sure because all this stuff is going on. And I finally got to realize that after not having really slept at all, at like five o'clock in the morning, I thought, you know, I could get up and I could start my day and I can start my day by doing my 11th step. And I got to get to start my day by thanking God for waking me up and and, and for giving me this day and, you know, and I have a pretty, you know, I, I have a, I have a 11 step routine. I do my, you know, the prayers for my religion and, um, and I make a list of all the things that I'm powerless over that I'm giving to God. And then I do the 12 step prayers, and then I do 15 to 20 minutes of meditation using a meditation app. And, and I come out of that and I felt, and I realized that I, I don't have to be stuck I don't have to be stuck. And when people say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you do so much. That's so amazing," it's not amazing. It's it's not like I'm selfless or whatever. I'm doing it because living in the pain and living in the misery of of the food and my own my own bondage of my own self was so miserable, you know. And today I got to wake up and I got to think about how can I be supportive to my daughters and how can i be supportive to my husband and how can i go into work and make these challenging times to work how can i participate and be part of the team and be helpful and not make it about me today and and i need the spiritual relationship i need the spiritual solution of this program um, because without it I, I i'm either i'm either moving forward in this program or i'm moving back there really i agree that there's like no just sitting there there's no there's no Middle ground. I'm moving forward, or I'm moving backwards. And moving backwards, just just miserable, you know. I got my I got my spiritual life. Thank you. I just am grateful for program. Thank you all for everything. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Leia
0: M. Followed by Tenzin T. Go ahead, Leia.
8: Hey, thanks for your service. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life, or else that kind of makes me giggle. You know, as if it was like a uh, a virtue. Well, you know, I think I'm going to start living a spiritual life. I mean, my experience uh back in 1986 was that I was being crushed by this disease. Um, the disease was doing its job beating me into a state of reasonableness because my life was deteriorating faster than I could lower my standards. There was no, no part of my life that was not touched by the, and, and, and corroded and, and torn apart <laughs> and shredded by this illness. You know, when you're being chased by a gun, it, it's not the love of running that keeps you moving ahead. It, it's pain it's fear it's it's being uh... mutilated by this disease so you know all those steps one and two are conclusions of the mind um it wasn't like I stopped and thought, huh, you know, I think uh, my life is falling apart and therefore I'm going to uh, contemplate the existence of God. No, it, it was very clear I would die during the investigation because pain is the greatest motivator to effectuate change. You know, you're always surrendering to something. Right? There's no choice about that. I'm either going to continue to succumb to this addiction or I'm going to make a choice and surrender to this program of recovery. Um, dethrone my intellect in favor of the program of recovery. You know, without knowledge, without certitude, no connection, no, no awareness. We talk about agnostic. With, without knowledge, I had no development At all in the spiritual realm. Nothing. It was all self-sufficiency, self-reliance, self-dependency. But, you know, it was time to reconsider or die. Because feelings are irrelevant in the spiritual realm. Was I dying by this illness? You better believe it. And, you know, I was going to experience God when the resistance stopped. You know, I like to say that God came through my wounds. The bleeding of my wounds, I, it was like that's it. I'm done. I, I, you know, I'm either taking this glass shard that I just uh, created by throwing something at a mirror and slice it against my wrist and just die right here, or I am throwing myself to someone in whom the problem had been. Solved. And that's exactly what happened. I just threw myself. I don't know what it is, but I'm wearing a plastic band around my wrist and I'm in a locked facility. And I don't know God. I've never been introduced to him. All I know is I am killing myself by my own hand under the guise of seeking ease and comfort in a bag and a bakery box. And I'm done. And I've been done since. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah.
0: Tenzin P., you are up.
1: Mm, good morning again, everyone. Um, how beautiful that we're in this, in this chapter, We Agnostics. And um, the logic of the big book is so beautiful. The last chapter that we just finished, more about alcoholism was about the pain that other people have been sharing so much about today. The pain that, that led me to a bottom. Um, and now there is this hope of the second step coming to believe. However, our beautiful big book doesn't paper over anything. It dives right into where the difficulties can be for any of us that, um, you know, some of us have shared, we might already have a connection uh, with uh, churches and et cetera, but but we're, we're being asked to explore what might be missing if we're in our active food addiction. But for me, I did not have a connection with God. My idea for most of the time of my life before I came into the 12 steps was that I was too smart for God, I had grown up in a group that valued intellect and intellectual achievement above all. Um, uh, and, and so I felt like I was too smart for, for that way of thinking. But also underneath, there had been a lot of um, suffering, not only in my family, but the larger group that I was part of. So it was really hard to figure out how to find a belief in a higher power. If there had been so much suffering, well, and if we look around the world, how much suffering is there? So, uh, once I came into a program and um, became willing to at least look, keep an open mind. On a certain level, I realized that I not only did I had I thought I was too smart to believe in God, but I also thought I was too stupid, in the sense that. I didn't really understand when people were talking about higher power. What in the world were they talking about? Oh, the other thing I wanna say about this paragraph is, look, twice in the paragraph, it talks about something like half of our original fellowship or exactly that type. Later in the paragraph, something like half of us. When the big book repeats itself, I pay attention. So it gives me a lot of comfort to realize that I'm not alone with, uh, you know, with grappling with this. And for me, it was the pain and fear, yes, uh, that, that convinced me to keep an open mind. Um, and I saw people around me who had something I want. And I hear people on the phone who have something I want. And I take the actions of the steps, confession, inventory, prayer and meditation, service, And my life changes one step at a time. Much love to you all. I pass.
0: Thank you, Tenzin P. Okay, we've got two minutes. If someone would like to take that. Katie P. All right, Katie P., you're up. Okay,
14: Um, there's something in this paragraph that uh, nobody's commented. It says, cheer up. (laughs) We have the or and then we have the cheer up um we're saying this is possible for you uh we you know the big book tells us that um you know alcoholics drink basically for the effect we eat basically for the effect i had to find something outside of myself i didn't have anything inside of myself that i could rely on um in this in in my life situation and so i turned to food for ease and comfort and i did it over and over and over again and guess what i still need something outside of myself um and it's it's the effect comes from my relationship with my higher power now i can find the effect of peace of 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 that ease and comfort this is a very selfish program it says basically we're selfish that's our problem but it's also uh our blessing uh my higher power created me uh in my belief system um to seek pleasure not pain to avoid pain and to seek pleasure um so i just needed to find a new way to seek pleasure i find my pleasure now in um in in basically facing the the pain um in uh serving my god in, in serving others in resolving um situations where i feel out of control. So this this is a this is a selfish program. I love it. I love the fact that i'm seeking pleasure here. I take pleasure in my peace. I take pleasure in the spiritual life. Um so it's like uh step it up. Cheer up. You know, find this thing. It's it's a blessing. It's a it's a life that's worth living and uh i love it and i pass.
0: Perfect timing. Thank you so much, Katie P. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared, and all of our speakers have given uh, readers that have given so much service. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this meeting. The share ID for today's meeting, July 31st, 2019, is 13,219. That's one three two one nine. I am now going to ask for Ginger to read the big book on page 164, Our Vision for You. Go ahead, Ginger.
3: Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right